Welcome one, welcome all to episode 190 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Saturday, August 12th, 2023. I am your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost, joined by my co-host, the Intrepid, Captain Logan. And in this episode, we discuss the recent TMNT announcements as crossovers and a game based on The Last Ronin have been announced. Killer Instinct and Avowed both got quite interesting updates these past few days. And Quake 2 got a remaster that was stealth dropped onto Game Pass. As always, we hope you enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Almost had it there, Logan. We like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made our gaming week better. But first, Logan, how are you, my friend? I'm good. It's been it's been another week. I survived you being gone. Yep. And I, I had to figure out how to render a, an episode that had more than just like B-roll and a couple other things. Yeah. And boy, that that file was a, a honking cool. doozy. So y'all better go watch that last episode because, man, that was like five hours of rendering. Definitely made me realize, like, I need to get a new computer because this, yeah. <laughs> this poor baby is like... No, daddy, don't do it. And I'm like, yeah. render the video. And he's like, no, daddy, don't make me do it. And I'm like, yeah. render the video. <laughs> he sent me like a 45 gig video, guys, which took forever to download and then re-upload. Yeah. Um, it was it was something. I don't think I ever ended up getting it to audio. I'm not sure. Uh, it was just it gave me fits here and there. Uh, so if you oh, missed it on audio, I can get that. No, no, that's fine. It's fine. Um, no, the people deserve it. No, a lot of people. <laughs> no, no, I think I did get it to audio. We'll check out oh, whatever. Um, but <laughs> I am I am grateful to to you for captaining the ship, which is a pun that I came up with and nobody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First time I've ever heard it. That's right. Uh, you did a great job, man. I really enjoyed the episode hearing you and CJ was a blast. Um, it was Thank neat you. to to see XEP without me in, in a cool way. It was a lot of cool yeah. pride there. Um, yet pr- producing the show is, is something that's why I needed uh, the Patreon back, back when we, when we started the show, cause I had to get that computer, which Ains helped me out with, but my poor mm-hmm. laptop was melting trying to do yeah. video. <laughs> um, and it was, it was something, man, it was, it was something. So, but I am, I am grateful to you for captaining this ship, buddy. It was, it was really cool to, to listen to you guys and of course i love cj so that was fun yeah he's he was one of the folks that's like every i don't get to talk to him as much since he doesn't he doesn't do see if he uses nearly as much as he used to mm-hmm. so because of that we don't really get to like have those nice long chats and mm-hmm. see if he's like we used to yeah but uh it's it's always fun to kind of grab him and be like hey i need it i need a co-host come come chat with me yeah He's such a cool dude. He's such a cool um, dude. I love he and the player one guys. They're just fun, mm. fun, cool people. You know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. How was your week though? Um, it was it was all right. Yeah. I can't can't complain. I'm going back to work next week, um, yeah. which is good and bad because I'm ready for the downtime to kind of stop because I had this weird, you know, it's just too much downtime, right? Um, but I've been helping coach the high school team over summer, so I've gotten some good exercise and good work. But going back to 
work now as summer break ends will mm. mean that I'm on 12 hour days because we're coaching in the evenings. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm, I'm not quite looking forward to, to that part of it. Cause it's two and a half months of just nonstop 12 hour days. Um, I have some and, advice if you want to get back some of that time. Yeah. What's that? Uh, you know, that little, uh, tutorial video that was, uh, part of the PE class in Captain America, I believe it was winter soldier when yeah. you know, cap walks up and puts, turn, turns the stool or the chair around and sits down. Yeah. Uh, just use that. Just use just, that. That's how you coach kids. There you go. Well, you know what? Now that, now that, now that you said it, it makes it sound, I mean, yeah, sound so simple, right? Come home soon and we'll, we'll get the game still and kids will still, they'll figure it out either way. You know, it's like. There's always going to be some some baller player on a team, and if not, then they lose and, until they turn into the mighty ducks and have to form a flying V down the basketball court, and that's its own montage right there. So you know, I mean, well, guys, just, Logan did not play sports ball growing up. <laughs> yeah, I did. I was really good. A star athlete. All right, guys. Well, let's do our words of kindness, Logan. I want to shout out two people mm. who, quite independently of each other, each sent in wonderful notes that i think really were uplifting to both you and i um rick gaffney and rick davis both sent uh again quite separately their own emails and contacts just appreciating the community and noting how uh wonderful the xep discord has been and just in general saying very kind things about us and the show and as a content creator to read that meant a lot like both of those notes were really uplifting because i've been leaning on the xcp community a lot too you know when things get tough it's nice to have a happy positive place and um, Mm. both of them noted that so rick gaffney and rick davis are my two uh words of kindness this week because they just really helped me get through whether they realize realize it or not so that was really neat i just appreciated both of them yeah yeah they uh you sent me the messages and uh it was it was heartwarming because as someone who's had, uh, like who started up their community right around the same time that I started up the, the kill hold podcast, mm-hmm. like people finding the content and like just being really, really finding some friendships and stuff like that. It was part of the reason why I went to the SOT fests that I did this year, because getting to meet my friends in person mm-hmm. and have them be just like, you know, we all just kind of sitting there like gushing over each other's like happiness for for having a community Mm -hmm. it's you don't it's it's hard to find especially given like social media it's hard to find little pockets of people who are just chill and and can can have good conversation so seeing those i was like oh it's cool to see when folks are happy about that kind of stuff and enjoying the content and enjoying each other's company and talking about stuff beyond just the show that's it's great so really glad to see that agree Fully agree. Fully agree. How about you, my friend? Who are your words of kindness this week? So funny enough, I didn't know if we were going to get to talk about this. We may not get to talk about it, which is okay if we if we have other stuff that takes priority. But uh, I wanted to shout out um, Keith David because uh, the voice Keith actor, David, yeah, voice actor, very very good, talented actor. Absolutely love his work, both on on the film or or, or just behind the the microphone and. Uh, Long time, been just loved Keith David ever since I was I, I was like a, a wee teen, you know, watching gargoyles and and Saturday morning cartoons and stuff or, or afternoons uh, on Disney and stuff. But he, uh, you know, I don't know how it how it worked out, but because of Lance Riddick's sudden passing, mm-hmm. uh, 
the voice of Zavala for Destiny 2, who's the main main Titan in Destiny 2, one of the lead characters, uh, was was gone. And you know, we the community was really bummed about it. There was a lot of a lot of uh, homages to to his work and stuff, but we didn't know what was going to happen with that. Right. A lot of us had kind of thought like, oh, you know, it's going to go two ways. Either Bungie's going to kill off the character mm-hmm. and just not push forward with Zavala. Right. That would be very hard given the the current storyline to to be able to do that on such short notice mm-hmm. without any kind of lines from him to to kind of send Get off the character. Sure. And uh, the alternative was, you know, recast. Mm-hmm. And I had always hoped that th- that that was going to be something that was going to be like a uh, like a like a you know a voice alike. Mm-hmm. They, they've done this in the past. You know, they've done this with bands with lead mm-hmm. singers who've passed away. Um, but seeing Keith David post a video to the Destiny community, letting them know that he is is going to be taking up the mantle for Zavala. Mm-hmm. Um, with respect to Lance Reddick was the thing that just brought me joy this week because mm-hmm. it just, it's one of those things where it's like, I've, I've grown to love Lance's work because of, you know, the community that I found around destiny too, but knowing Keith David and having his legacy brought into Zavala, I think will be tremendous because he, he has presence and, and, assertion in his voice that is commanding of attention when he speaks and having him be in that role like lance it was like a perfect choice so that just it really brought up my week so i don't know if we need to dive too much more into into that topic but bro that sounds emotional it it was it was really emotional to wake up to and be like this is fantastic news i i couldn't have i couldn't have asked for a better a better outcome for a terrible situation sure yeah that, that certainly does mean a lot and uh keith david just genuinely an inco- iconic voice in his own right whereas lance's voice is so unique as is keith david's um, yeah. and to see the respect that he put into that video was really cool oh yeah uh, um so yeah definitely respectful to the communities involved um and really interested for me on an outside as a non-destiny player to see how the community accepts accepts him once his work starts getting seen in game you know, I think they've I think they've already accepted it. I, yeah. I don't th- I don't think you could ask for a better replacement for Lance Reddick. Yeah. Well, um, for any listener that's unsure, Keith David, that's Halo's Arbiter. Um, and he's in Mass Effect as I believe David Anderson. So, you know, that, yep. that name's probably familiar to you. Yeah. Well, Logan, uh, we should go ahead and give our shout outs to both new patrons and uh, our tier two and threes. Um, we got a, a new patron this week. Uh, in Steel Rain, who is uh, a fantastic community member, um, works a lot with Pong Soul, who joined me for Creator Talk uh, this past week, which was really, really cool. And so to see Steel Rain jump in there, to see a, a known community member choose to support XEP, uh, really meant a lot. Just just a, a fantastic person um, and great content creator in his own right. So it meant a lot to see his name mm-hmm. pop up um, and then also support his co-host in Pong Soul. Um, that creator talk series, I think, is really growing to be a great place for people who are interested in what happens behind the scenes for content creation, but mm-hmm. also if they're creating things themselves. Um, yeah. I know Mr. Maddie Plays was on it and people really liked that episode, but it's neat to see that that element growing. So that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I know you're you're uh, not, you know, shameless plug here, but your interview with uh, Mr. Maddie Plays, too, was really 
heavily uh, directed towards like content creation and helping creators get a better footing, understanding like what's what that's like and stuff and all, all of the, the stuff that all the stuff that we deal with on a regular basis when it comes to content creation. So that was a really good listen to. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. It's I think I'm finding the feet with with creator talk. I think I'm finding mm-hmm. what I want it to be um, and, and trying to find a really good, diverse group of, of creators to come on. There was was cool. So um, would you mind reading our tier two and three shout outs to people that help keep the lights on and the content coming? I get to do it twice. Here we go. All right. So thank you to Robbie Bobby Miller, Silent Cipher, Xbox Skittle, Steel Rain, Rick Gaffney. Zach LeCouture, African, a.k.a. Charles Jones, Game Positive, Jam Pack Sam, Matt Valdez, Neo Prime 33, Rick Davis, Red Beast, Xbox Mike 29, Matt Without Fear, The Lord Sir Master James Suddy, Brendan Myers, a.k.a. The Winter Gamer, Sony's VP of Marketing Kevin Butler, Clint Coombs, DJ Hero, and Dano12. Thank you all so much for your love and support and if you're looking to join this list head over to patreon.com forward slash xbox wrap up you'll be able to no, join that's up that's not right xbox not? expansion pass xbox expansion pass. what are... you said wrap I, read, up. I, read, I know it's <laughs> i'm taking over <laughs> uh, go over to uh, patreon.com forward slash xbox expansion pass uh you too can join in on the conversation as well as on the discord and uh, share some good stories and some exciting hype for stuff that's coming out or stuff that's your, that you're playing. And just remember, if you support the Trophy Rooms Patreon and not XCPs, you're a communist. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Logan. Let's Smelly get... Joe. <laughs> no, I love him. Uh, let's get to some gaming news for this week. I think we did already kind of touch on the Keith David uh, role. That's a really good, I think, news story. I think a lot of people are uplifted by that. And I'm yeah. really happy to see. Um, I have been on a TMNT kick lately, uh, thanks to the new movie. I've been reading the comic books, uh, which has been an absolute blast. The IDW run is fantastic. I'm on, uh, almost done with volume two, uh, which has been really, really fun playing a lot of Calabunga collection and shredders revenge, knocking out all the achievements there. Um, and I got some wonderful news and some frustrating news in terms of TMNT crossovers and a new TMNT game announced, uh, Let's start with the new TMNT game. A new game based on The Last Ronin is officially in development. Uh, we found out the name of the studio that is working on it. I think it raises some eyebrows because I'm a little concerned based on their pedigree. But I'm so stoked that this is happening. If anyone's unfamiliar, The Last Ronin is a fantastic uh, graphic novel and comic run of the Ninja Turtles that takes place in the future from the standard comics uh, written by Kevin Eastman uh, and Peter Laird. And it stars a single turtle with the other three brothers that have died and passed away. And this Ronin, the singular turtle, is trying to make amends with the universe and figure out his place and still bring justice around. And it's a really, really compelling story. Um, and to see that a game is being made on it uh, is fantastic. Now, Logan, you and I both kind of raise eyebrows at the studio that's working on it. It's Black Forest Games, developers of games like Fade to Silence. Uh, they worked on Destroy All Humans remasters one and two. Um, that's a little concerning to me because The Last Ronin is such a well-regarded graphic novel. Like it's universally acclaimed, right? If you're a TMNT fan, it's great. If you're just a comic fan, it's still great. 
the standard set by that graphic novel is high. I'm curious if this studio is up for it because we haven't seen a AAA game from them that has fired on all cylinders. And that's not to say their work was bad with Destroy All Humans or Fate of Silence. Those are not bad remasters nor bad games. It's just that the standard is, is quite high. And we're coming off of two fantastic outings in the Cowmonga Collection and Shredder's Revenge. So I'm really curious to see how this happens. We do know the game is PC, PS5, and Series X. Really excited about that. But, you know, should we be concerned? Where where are you at when you saw this news? So I was watching the THQ... Yeah, no, well, yeah, we may or may not, may or may not have uh, factually spoiled that earlier this year. We did not do that. Yeah, you didn't <laughs> stop me. Uh, you didn't edit it out either. Uh, so uh, didn't know how at the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> Super fair. Um, so yeah, I was watching the THQ Nordic uh, showcase, the digital showcase that they had yesterday, and uh, they had a, a fair amount of stuff kind of announced um thq nordic not not quite the 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 powerhouse publisher that they used to be but still pretty decent and has been scooping up a lot of studios and uh and and developers um and ip for that matter uh Mm -hmm. over the last probably five years at this point and to see them announce that they are going that they have the the rights to do the last ronin i i'm glad that they got it uh but I, I was I was kind of hopeful that if we ever got one, that it would be from a little bit more of a uh, esteemed yes, yeah, esteemed studio. Like I, I, I think there's a few studios out there that I think are really, really talented that have done a fantastic job with story narrative games that focus on single characters. And in, in probably a third person perspective on a platform that we don't usually talk about mm-hmm. that when I, when I found out that it was black force games, I was like, okay, I got to do a little more research because it sounds familiar, but it's not ringing. It's, it's ringing a bell, but it's not giving me like the full context. So I dug into, into the wiki, I pulled up their games and I started to scrub through Metacritic and open critic. And I was not impressed. Mm-hmm. I think that there's obviously a lot of fun to be had with the games that they've made. You know, yeah. they're good fun. Those are good button mashing, fun, turn your brain off games, which I, I like. Yeah. But is that what the last Ronin needs? I don't think that's what Ron, last Ronin deserves. Mm-hmm. I think the last Ronin deserves a very noir, futuristic, narrative driven. Like if, if Ninja Theory was doing this, I think we'd be having a much different conversation about what the last Ronin could be. Uh, sure. So it's, it's, it's like, I'm, I'm glad that it's getting made. I don't think it'll be the last game that ever gets made that covers the last Ronin, but uh, it's, it's definitely one where I'm like, I'm a little hesitant, but I'm going to be hopeful because I know that there's a lot of meat there that they could, that they could really chew in or, you know, bite into and, and chew on for a while that they could make a good game out of it. Right. Um, I, I, Again, concerned because the standard set by the graphic novel is so high. The standard set by the collection of games, not the game, but the collection of games that Digital Eclipse worked on with the Cowbunga collection, which, um, you know, I got that got that collector's edition. It's a nice one, too. Uh, it is a very nice one. I haven't opened this one yet because I'm just nervous, too, but it's really nice. <laughs> um, the standard set by Shredder's Revenge was very high, albeit a button mashing game, right? Uh, and then to see... 
the last Ronin's reception in the graphic novel space, the high marks that the movie is getting. There's a lot of excitement around TMNT as a franchise. Uh, very curious what happens. And Zachary Brew wrote in over on Twitter and uh, wants to know, you know, what kind of game we're hoping the last Ronin will be. To my way of thinking, I want this to be a third person stealth action game a la Arkham, something very similar to Arkham. Maybe yeah. not fully open world, but wide linear uh, because the last Ronin can uh, the graphic novel does take you to a few different like biomes or areas. So I'm, you know, depending on how they want to handle that, but that's who I, or, or the kind of game that I envision it to be very similar to Arkham and Rocksteady would have been my choice to make the game. Right. Because yeah. the standard is so high and their pedigree is so high. And I don't want Rocksteady to make that suicide squad game. Um, so that's my, <laughs> oh, you've turned, Oh, it's have just, I turned you on that? I don't know that I was ever against you. I was excited at the time, but more and more, it's just like, come on. Um, so I don't know that I turned cause I don't think oh. I was ever against you. It was just, I was sad that it is what it is, but, um, <laughs> DC has burned me a lot lately, but that's a different story. Um, regardless, I really hope this game is what we as TMNT fans or, uh, comic book fans can live up to the very high standards set and we'll see that's where yeah. that's kind of where i land on it how about you where do you land in it on? i i don't think this will i don't think that this will hit at a triple a level i think this will be a solid double a for sure mm -hmm. um the the main concern i have is looking at the looking at at what black force games has produced not published but produced a lot of their titles have been remakes that have gotten pushed out year after year after year after year. There hasn't been like a six year gap where they've worked on something for a long time. Mm -hmm. If this game comes out any sooner than 2028, 2028, 2020, five year development cycle, bro. Five year. It's that's 2023. It's 2025. That's when that game's coming out. You think it's trying to see two year turnaround on this? Well, it's already Not been in development for a bit. That's that's my only caveat in there. Though, has it though? I mean, they're they're they've been working on it for about a year. We've heard that there might be something going on, but that could have been like you know them shopping the the IP out. Look at the Wikipedia for Black Forest Games. Those folks have been busy, man. They they have content coming as recent as 2022, and they have been making their own Destroy All Humans game as well. It's it's not just all all remasters and ports and stuff like that, which is mm -hmm. why I'm concerned. It sure. doesn't, it doesn't but, seem like they've really built anything up on their own. I think the reason I'm confident in saying 2025 is because right now, Kevin Eastman is working on the last Ronin two, yeah. uh, which continues that story. And that's set to hit uh, right around then they, there's going to be a TV series that follows up the, the movie that just came out. Uh, yeah. over the next year or so and then the net there's a sequel movie also planned so i think they're going to try and time it to, to latch into that hype that's why i say that not that i'm gotcha. arguing the needed development time i'm thinking franchise relevance um yeah that's if where I'm i coming. if i had my druthers though you know what was a really good last ronin game that wasn't a turtles game ghosts of tsushima ghosts of tsushima Oh, is that what you're actually going to say? Yeah, it really was. It, he was the last samurai during a yeah. Mongol invasion into one of the small islands uh, off the coast of Japan. It's mm -hmm. a it's a perfect 
combat system. There's different styles of sword that Jin Sakai like has to learn and, and grow mm-hmm. with. There's a ninja aspect to his combat style that he had to grow with. Mm-hmm. That's a perfect turtle last Ronin game right there, man. Instead of four sword styles, you have one sword style, you have a Sai style, you have a bow staff style, and you've got a nunchuck style. And it's just, you just switch between yeah. those depending on, it's like, it's right oh, it's there, there, man. It's there. I'm not arguing that logic one bit. I just, the fact that you got to it with without knowing that that's where I was going, that that proves that Sucker Punch has the chops. Hundred oh, percent, they have the chops. I just don't like seeing major properties go exclusive. Um, that's not something I enjoy. Fair. I don't like when Star Wars is exclusive. I don't like that Spider Man is exclusive or Wolverine. I would not want Batman to be exclusive. So that's that's my mentality uh, yeah. on, on that. I think sometimes those franchises shouldn't be exclusive there's a your um, mom joke there that i'm not gonna say how dare you how dare you um <laughs> but that's you know that's my mentality with it nonetheless yeah. i am hopeful for it uh and i'm enjoying the tmnt hype that comes around right now i tend to get into things pretty heavily um and and then kind of fade out as the hype fades down I, you know my, my childhood stuff um but i'm also watching the TMNT crossover content that's showing up in different games and Ellery yeah. uh they wrote in asking you know what games would we love to see a TMNT crossover with um I'm going to use this to segue into the idea that we've seen crossover content in Session which is a skating game uh mm. Mayhem skins are available for free in that game right now uh I believe they are teasing TMNT costumes for Fall Guys which is interesting uh, I'm sure that will be paid. I don't think it's out yet. Uh, and then Street Fighter Six did quite the opposite of Session, where they had free skins. Street Fighter Six has highly overpriced skins that dropped into uh, their store. And I want to address the highly overpriced part, uh, if you don't mind. So the, no, no. the skins in Street Fighter Six, uh, they're not playable characters, but they are skins that add to your avatar. And they are priced a little over $15 with in-game currency. Now, Logan... I'm a Fortnite player. I will I will spend some money on some skins to enjoy my video games. I like doing that. But Fortnite is a free-to-play experience that has proven itself time in uh, and time out that you are going to, to have a good time. Street Fighter VI is a full-priced game with a full-priced battle pass that is dropping these skins at $15 per turtle plus cost of money for emotes. No bundle aspect is possible or available to you. And that is very frustrating because those skins are mode limited. You can't play with them in standard multiplayer. Uh, You can apply it to your avatar's appearance in the single player create a character campaign, which kind of makes it into a third person turtles action game, which I'm enjoying. Right. I enjoy (laughs) that part of it, but I only bought one turtle. I did it so I could capture footage and because I I like TMNT, but I wasn't able to get a bundle version. I wasn't able to uh, play it in standard multiplayer. And yeah. I think that's really frustrating because it's a full price game with a full price battle pass. Yeah. The pricing is predatory. The content is still good. The skins look great. I got Leonardo. Um, looks great in action. Looks mm. great in cutscenes. Um, it, it's impressive. It suits Street Fighter quite well, but it's overpriced given that it's mode limited. And to get all the turtles would cost the full price of a game. You'd be spending We've 60 also- bucks. We've also yeah. seen the turtles in other fighting games, and I don't think the price and they were their own characters, and I mm-hmm. don't think the price for those was nearly as steep. 
Well put. Yeah, they were in Injustice 2. It wasn't as expensive. Uh, you know, you bought one, you got all four, uh, yeah. and they were their own characters. You're absolutely right. And side note, Injustice 2 is on sale all the time, guys, and it's it's well worth it. Well worth yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so that's a good point. So I, I was frustrated by this crossover despite enjoying it and purchasing it. I only purchased one, mind you. Um, but that that's very frustrating to see that level of crossover. And I made that content specifically to show people if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it wasn't the only, uh, the only pricing snafu that we saw this week either. What do you mean? Well, we found out that red dead redemption oh, is right. finally coming to PlayStation four and switch. Yeah. But, yeah. Go ahead. So, you want to share this one? So yeah, uh, Rockstar announced that Red Dead Redemption, the original title that came out in 2010, uh, is is set to arrive on Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4 on August 17th of this is literally like five days away from time of recording. And this is a really rough thing for Red Dead Redemption fans because this is a straight port. Uh, as far as I can tell, there is not a whole lot gone into this to really kind of upscale to to do any kind of like spiffing up. You know, we we talk a lot about like and I've shared my thoughts on on like remasters and stuff and remakes and, you know, the value there versus, you know, if they belong in like game of the year uh, uh, kind of conversations. Mm-hmm. And we had our whole Patreon thing where we kind of talked about like our game of the years and whether or not uh, resident evil four deserved to be in there alongside like dead space and such. Right. This is, this is equivocally a, a money grab much like the TMNT crossover costumes and street fighter six being $15 per turtle skin. Mm-hmm. This is a $50 port that will contain the original game as well as the undead expansion that came later on. Mm-hmm. And it is, only coming to Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4 at this time. And it's it'll be backwards compatible for PS5. But I got to say, man, I feel really bad for PlayStation 4 fans who were hoping to get a full-on remaster in the Red Dead 2 engine that was going to make every... Like, the locations are in Red Dead Redemption 2. You've already rebuilt them. Why wouldn't you just take this time to to do it justice and make a proper remake instead yeah. of a port? But what did you think about this, man? Do you have any any reverence to this? Uh, are yeah. you gonna? I've already gone back and started playing it, but I wanted so, to, to save that for a little bit no, later. I, I totally get the frustration. So, like on the surface level, to any playstation 4 or switch player that has not played red dead redemption 1 50 dollars is well worth well worth it to play that game without a doubt that game is worth 50 dollars because you're getting undead nightmare the yeah. problem with it is is twofold red dead redemption is available in an, in a cheaper capacity on an xbox 360 upscaled to, to 4k with fps boost in the best way you can buy is that it- disc Disc. Doesn't have FPS boost, by the way. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, there, there, there are some really good stats for it, though. I should say. Yeah, it's, um, 
I checked the other day. I I couldn't get auto HDR to work, and I couldn't get F FPS boost. But it is running at 30, 30 frames per second at four K. Okay, gotcha. So Starfield. Oh, there you go. Starfield level guy. There you go. Um, but th the thing is, you can buy that game for $30 digital on Xbox and get the benefits of being in 4K right now. Yeah. You can find a, a 360 disc of Red Dead Redemption and get all that content for even less than $30. There's and, there's a Xbox One bundle out there. Right. It's a, a game of the year edition. And you've got all that content and it's cheaper and available in better specs. And that's very frustrating to me to see Rockstar do this, knowing full well that some of the things that were on that disc are not available, uh, are, are that were available in the original version are no longer available. Um, certain like multiplayer elements and, and little things there. And so that really bums me out because it felt predatory. It also feels like this is what you chose to work on after neglecting Red Dead 2's online and avoiding a remaster of one of the best games ever made because Red Dead 1 is one of the best games ever made. So... You know, when I when I take a step back, 50 bucks is not overpriced. When I take a, another step back, I realize that Xbox gamers have better access to this game in the best version for a far lower price. It feels predatory for PlayStation 4 and Switch owners, and I hope they don't support it. Um, it's a 13-year-old port coming to PC and coming to to PS4 and, and whatnot. And it's just... it. It's a bummer because they're just yeah. re-releasing this to take money. And in the wake of the GTA remasters that I think we've talked about on this show, oh, yeah. uh, in the wake of that, this just feels strange. If you've never played Red Dead 4, or sorry, Red Dead Redemption, and you've only got a PS4, uh, fine. Switch, fine. But better place to play this is on Xbox. Uh even on PS5 with back compatibility, I don't think it's worth your time. If you've got the money for PS5, don't support. I still say no. Um, it was just frustrating to watch. Yeah, it was just frustrating to watch. Also, there's no comment. Uh, so I didn't, I didn't know this at the time, and I don't know if I have the disc around me. I don't see it. But uh, so the the Xbox One bundle that I got, I got a used copy for twenty bucks. Mm -hmm. There is the map that that was in the original game. Mm -hmm. that bundle actually got put in the map actually got put in there. So, and if you know, red dead, red dead has a beautiful map. It's like a really cool kind of Western in look thing, but that was actually in there as well. So we haven't heard if the switch version, I, I guarantee you the switch version case is not going to be big enough to handle the map. And I doubt that the PS4 copy will have it in there just because it seems like they're really low balling it for this. And I just, I, it's, it's such a bummer because this is going to be the main way that a lot of people are really going to get introduced to Red Dead that probably haven't if they, if they are predominantly like a Nintendo fan. And we used to say this back in like 2017 when they would release a, a copy of a game on physical, it would have like 10, it would be 10 bucks more than the, than the, the digital version. We called it the, or no, it'd be 10 bucks more than everyone else's version. And we would call it the switch tax. This is, is is that plus uh, a, a you know like a a mafia type loan attached to it because it's just they're holding you for ransom this is about as gta as you can get from rockstar mm -hmm. uh and it's just i'm i'm glad that they're doing it but this was not the right way to do it and they defended this online as well too they've actually come out and said like oh well this is the price tag for uh what it takes to to port something like this and i'm like no. figure it out you've got millions soaked up into 
the production for Red Dead Redemption 2, you've probably got millions soaked up into the production for GTA 6. You are you are literally <laughs> the thing that gets me about this is that this is the same company that has ported GTA 5 from the PS3 to the PS4 to the PS5 for free. Mm-hmm. Like you just get to play that. They give away that game. I got that game twice for free. One through a deal that they did through Amazon and one through Epic Games. They just give that game away because the microtransactions are so big for them that they want more people just to have access to the microtransactions than they do the actual game content at this point. And for the longest time, it was one of the top selling games. So why is it that they are willing to go through the effort? to milk that cash cow over the course of three generations. But when it comes to one game port that is revered from 2010, and a lot of people were pointing at the the Last of Us 1 remake and being like, this is an egregious remake. And, and it, is, it, is, it is not an egregious remake. Right. <laughs> but it is ridiculous that they are doing this considering the support that they've shown for GTA 5. Mm-hmm. And the lack of multiplayer support that they've shown for Red Dead Redemption 2, it's it really is apparent that this company is just throwing whatever sticks to the wall, hoping that it that that some money will come out of it and they'll be able to funnel that into GTA 6 because they're they're desperately dying to get something out there that will stick the way GTA 5 did. Right. It's a bummer. It's disappointing. Yeah. It's just disappointing. So all right, uh, let's move on here. I don't know if you saw this, uh, Logan, and I can't remember if you guys talked about it last week, but Killer Instinct, did you guys talk about Killer Instinct last week? Yeah, I believe we did. It was really kind of cool, but you didn't get to join in on the conversation as like our resident fighter fan. Um, I, I will say very quickly, I think it's really cool that Killer Instinct is getting an update. I think it's really cool that they are uh, going to be kind of doing balance patches for anybody that, that is interested in it. I am a fighting game fan, but I'm not good anymore. Um, I love Mortal Kombat. I love Street Fighter. Uh, yeah. Street Fighter 6 to me is just fantastic. Um, really cool to see Killer Instinct is getting this. I love that Killer Instinct also has crossover characters. That's one of my favorite things. <laughs> I love the, the crossover Battle characters in Justice. Uh, yeah, Battletoad, ROM, like it, it's neat. I really hope that this is paving the way for a new Killer Instinct game, which I believe it is, right? Mm. Like they are bringing the franchise to relevance in the year of the fighters. Um, and I really hope that whatever, whether it's Killer Instinct proper or like a massive Microsoft fighter, which is what I actually want, um, I think it's neat. And I think it's cool and it's good fan service. And as we just talked about with Rockstar not treating its fans well, Xbox, I think, routinely, for the most part, does do right by its consumers right now, for the most part. Um, I thought this was just kind of a neat thing. And so I, I'm glad you guys talked about it. Um, I just wanted to note that I think it's cool to see this news happening in the year of the fighters. You know? Yeah, yeah, I could I could nitpick the comment about doing well by customers for Xbox, because I, I think that you and I both could agree that they have an issue with managing expectations and delaying games without fe- and, and then releasing them without features. But I, I think on the whole, on the most, whole. yeah, on the whole, most of the time, Xbox does whatever they can to ensure that that customers or customer satisfaction is high yeah for a lot of the stuff the back compat program that's getting you that red dead right the best version yep that that was that didn't have to happen you know what i mean um 
so that delivery, right? Smart delivery. There's a lot of like little things that they didn't have to do. Mm -hmm. Um, but you're right. Like that's not, it's not a catch all comment, you know? Yeah. Um, It's not like a universal, like they're best to customers. Like not always. No. Um, I don't know if you saw, did you see that the breakdown of halo infinite content and how infinite now has more content (laughs) than any halo game ever to date. Uh, and I maintain that halo infinite is fantastic, but like, it was a case of in my mind too little, too late. Like you missed it, you know? Yes. Halo infinite does have more content than any other halo game. Halo infinite is on the right track. They brought in the master chief collection people. That's great. Uh, still missed the mark. And I think it's a shame. It's a shame. It's a bummer. That's mismanagement. Uh, yeah. But it is also cool. I talk about doing right by your fans. They stuck with it, right? They yeah. in, in many ways, they ditched some stuff that I'm not a, a fan of, but they could have just abandoned altogether and they didn't. So that's there's something in there. Something. Can I can I read? Uh, so one of my buddies, Caleb, he sent me a, a screen cap from Reddit. And I, and I read it and it and it, and it cracked me uh, cracked me up, but it was it was based on Halo Infinite. Okay. Can I read that to you and just kind of get a good chuckle out of it? Yeah. Uh, so the 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 commenter was anonymous, uh, very famous around the internet. You may know them. I've heard uh, of anonymous. Now that you're saying that. Yeah, very very popular uh, entity out there in the in the world. Uh, says uh, you may not like it, but this is what peak live service looks like. Maps are free and now released as they are ready with no tie-ins to season or with no ties to season as far as like launch. All events are free without any sort of paid tier or buy-in. Battle passes pay out the, the following passing passes cost and are permanently available, meaning it's a $10 buy-in for all of the game's battle pass content. Love that. All store content is permanently available, meaning the only FOMO in the game is the participation in events. Say what you want about weak customization. This is the gold standard for live service. Also, it's the best multiplayer sandbox in the franchise. Don't even bother claiming otherwise. And I just I couldn't I couldn't deny any of that because I, I think it's actually really accurate. I think it's very accurate as well. And still, I'm disappointed. Right. <laughs> And that's the entitlement. (laughs) Is it? So that's the thing. I don't think it's entitlement in this unique case because of the timeline for when this is available. But this person is a hundred percent right. There is so much there now. The problem is there were there's something like a full year and change where it wasn't there. The last eight months they have given so much to Halo Infinite, but there was so long between true content. There was like two maps in the first year. Yeah. And now there's like eight added in the last few months yeah. or 20 some added in the last eight months. Sometimes I saw a stat. I'm, I'm misquoting it, but that comment is right. And truly, I wish our friend group would get back into Halo Infinite. I love <laughs> Halo Infinite. Um, Luke, I, I, do you cook too often? Do you cook any any breakfast by chance? You ever you ever make any pancakes or waffles? No, I'm an eggs 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 okay so xbox real exciting (laughs) this is going to be a weird metaphor but hopefully folks can stick with me on this where he's taking us here xbox development for the studios that they have i swear to you is like trying to make pancakes the first couple are always just either undercooked or just not good you know you're trying to like find that right temperature you're trying to find out the right time for making waffles but I guarantee you, man, like once you've gotten like four waffles knocked out, 
-hmm. you're making like perfect golden pancakes and you're making like that lumberjack stack but it it's always like that little that little time right when you start and you get the first couple waffle or waffles or uh or a uh, pancakes out of the pan and they're just like you just kind of eat them while you keep making they're not going to be great but you're going to keep you know you're going to keep going you're going to keep making more pancakes that's kind of like xbox studios in general because it doesn't feel like it's quite ready when it comes out like it could could use a little bit more time but you know once you get into like the third season or the fourth season in some of these games it's like yeah no this is good this is this is peak pancake so xbox is the ihop of of publishers i get it and not the waffle house and not the waffle Oh, Waffle House, that's a different journey. Um, but, you know, you're, you're, your metaphor is a stretch, but I get it. And I I mean, you got to point out like what we were just talking about, Forza Motorsport, right? There's features that are going to be missing from Forza Motorsport when that game launches. I wouldn't argue they're the most important features. I think some people are overblowing uh, a little bit of it, but something like split screen won't be there uh, yeah. for Forza Motorsport 8. Also, real quick, everybody, split screen isn't, too many people make too big a deal about a game not having split screen. I It's just not as relevant as it once was. There's not four ports on your N64. Uh, it's not that time period anymore. You know what I mean? Like you're, it just doesn't, it's not a thing that is as necessary as it once was some games. Absolutely. But Forza Motorsport eight will melt consoles. If you're not careful, like, yeah, I don't, some things don't need, uh, split screen i think that's an overblown thing maybe i'm you know the devil for suggesting it but i don't think every game needs split screen meanwhile i the smart person uh mentioned that xbox has been cultivating um co-op split screen in their games their first party games for the last 20 years and i think it's indoctrinated into xbox fans that this is a necessary thing coca-cola used to have cocaine all right all right change yeah uh no it, you know what's really ironic about all of this is i just had a conversation with my wife who doesn't Logan play games cocaine yeah that, <laughs> that uh that she she would she would want to jump into games where we actually have like split screen co-op sure. and that and that playing in separate rooms with headsets is is not the best way to enjoy games like that so like think games like it takes two is like a perfect game sure that game's for, not going to melt your system, though. No, it's not. Forza Motorsport will melt your system. Uh, yeah. Please take care to put ice on top of your Xbox. That's important when yep. it, when you are playing Forza Motorsport because it will it will need that cool air. I saw that so there, somebody was advertising an intercooler for the PS5, and I'm like, that <laughs> thing is three stories tall to dissipate heat. You don't need an intercooler for you. There are no reports of PS5s overheating. It's like, like buying those those stands that have the fans yeah. underneath. It's like we'd like I, to put some dust from this angle. Here you go. That's great. It's crazy. That's great. But Ford's a motorsport. Um, definitely interesting to me that, that there is going to be features missing from the launch, given yeah. that we've had two horizons out in between. Um, some of those features really should be there, but... I don't think split screen needs to be the one that people are, are harping on. This, this is the trade-off for next gen. Like we, we had split screen uh, co-op on systems that weren't running uh, ray tracing. Like you want those really beautiful reflections that are accurate, that are, that are actually 
not just screen space reflections. You know, you want the legit ray tracing that everyone says, oh, I, I, I wanted to do. Why isn't it doing ray tracing? We were promised ray tracing this generation. This is it. It's got costs and those costs are high. So if you want it, you're you're going to get it, but you're going to have to sacrifice something. And that's going to come at the cost of, of split screen co-op. It's just too much to render the game twice. That's how that works. It's not it's not just oh, we'll just, you know, put two cars in a, in a line between them. It's like, no, it is, rending, it is rendering the game twice. And it has to keep all of that math going. That's a, that's a split screen co-op is a very tough thing to do with the graphics expectations from gamers nowadays. Yeah. Uh, spectator mode will be missing at launch, racing with AI and featured multiplayer missing uh, and that's split screen. Again, the multiplayer AI is a little little bummer it is a little strange it is a little strange i am surprised by that one but split screen didn't bother me spectator mode um i think is one of those things that'll be a nice addition when it gets there but it's not it's not gonna break your experience i don't think it'd be nice if it was there all of these would like logically be it'd be nice if it was there but i don't think people should be losing their minds on it um but to your point it's the price of modern gaming do you think that in favor of it by the way so I was on my high horse about this back in was it May or June? I think it was just I think it was June when we got the Xbox showcase and there was no mention of Motorsport release date and they had had it tagged as spring 2024 and then they stealth delayed it to October. Now that they've got a firm hard date on on the launch in October, but they've announced that features are going to be missing, are you how do you feel about like them continuing to push that that launch date do you think they should be delaying it i think the game should come out in november but i don't think that's really what you're asking i think november was a better time well that's still a delay i mean november would have been logical because of all the crowding that's taking place in september october and only cod is hitting november really like in terms of big games yeah um so I think November would have made more sense. I'd doubt one month makes the difference, but you cannot afford to delay Forza out of this calendar year. You can't just have Starfield and Redfall. Sure you can. Not after 2022, man. Not after well, 2022. Maybe all- after 2022. So so this year's Hi-Fi Rush, Age of Empires 2, Minecraft Legends, Redfall, Starfield, Forza Motorsport. And of those... The ones that are turning heads are Hi-Fi Rush and Starfield and Forza Motorsport. So those three games. November is probably the latest you could put out Forza. Not December. I wouldn't say December. No. Are you pushing because of the the game awards and stuff? Or are you just saying like... No, I just think relevancy. Um, I think November is a good time to release a game. And December is not a good time for a first party release. Uh. So And... I don't know that I have logical reason. This might not be one of those cases where I'm like able to build you an argument. It's more yeah. based on intuition. January feels good to release a game. See, was, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say delay to January 2024. There won't be anything there. It won't it won't get the reverence that that a lot of games launching in fall will when it comes to the end of the year discussions. Uh, but I think in November, October, it moves units. Whereas. Mm. December, maybe it doesn't move units. The word of mouth is there. Um, and they really want this year or this holiday to be a move unit holiday for them. 
whether they i don't think it's a beat playstation in the year of spider-man 2 but yeah they need to they've got they've fixed production problems with the consoles and now they need you to, to buy that console right they, they need of, that yeah that series yeah. s one terabyte sold right and they're ahead of their projection or they're ahead of the xbox 360 in terms of sales rate but behind playstation 5 two to one so important to move some units this holiday and show that starfield matters and show that game a game being a game pass still helps move units so counterpoint to that uh marketing beats out there that starfield's going to be available on samsung tvs i don't think that's a needle mover it's not i don't a, know it's not a needle mover but it's it's an interesting counterpoint to they need to sell a box when they're telling people go buy us if you use your samsung tv buy a controller that's, that's i don't think i don't think that's a marketing no, right. really not yet right like that's the future yeah. i don't think that is a pillar that's gonna eat any sales mm. i think somebody that has a controller with the samsung tv is gonna be like oh, i'll try it i don't think anybody's like i'm buying it for this but you, yeah you don't you don't think that someone who has a samsung controller would buy a would forgo buying a console knowing that they can do it on their TV. I, I think more likely it was move consoles. I think they'll try it. And be like, this is really cool, but it's not quite optimal. I want optimal. Oh. I think that's more likely to happen at this point in streaming technology, right? Fair. Streaming technology is great for trying games. I don't think it's great for full experience. Yeah. That's my armchair analyst take with very little experience of actually streaming lately. Right. Mm. So take that grain of salt but i'm you know that's a good thing for for listeners to write in if you're that guy if you're the playstation guy that has a samsung tv where are you at you know like does this does that change it for you but i think it's more likely to get people to buy a console than the than the other way around mm, so, interesting for now for now maybe 10 years from now yeah the other way so yeah uh let's see game pass gamers were hit with a stealth drop of a remaster of quake 2 which i thought was really cool now this i say stealth drop it was definitely a stealth drop but we'd had so many leaks it didn't feel like it for those who like listen to podcasts regularly yeah um, i think it was cool that this happened it's 10 bucks on other platforms like playstation uh can get it for 10 bucks i think steam can get it for 10 bucks um but really cool that game pass gamers are getting it you can also purchase it on xbox for 10 bucks um pretty darn good remaster from what i've seen i looked at the trailers yeah. uh it looks quite clean, quite impressive. Um, neat. I thought it was cool. Nice to see that happen in there. I feel like uh, QuakeCon is a is a convention for Quake fans, obviously. But like, I don't know that it it's it's the spectacle that it once was. But for this ooh, to happen, ooh, QuakeCon. Uh, well, Quake QuakeCon, yeah, it is still very popular. It is. It not, is. But it's not what it was. Is my point. I mean, we're all eyes on the gaming industry on it. I don't think not, so. not necessarily like how it used to be, but still like, I, I don't know, man, that QuakeCon is still a very, a very revered convention and it is stuck around for a long time. Sure. But I don't think it's the biggest thing. It's like Sea of Thieves Fest in this year, right? Versus yeah. the year where they put out the biggest update, right? If there was a new quake game or a new id property dropping mm -hmm. it'd be a little bit different um but my point is like for this to happen during QuakeCon is cool it brought yeah. attention to the convention to people that may not have realized it i think it makes quake a more accessible franchise to people that 
may not understand its, its history and the importance of it. I was always a Doom guy, but knowing I can jump in and now play Quake 2's remaster on Game Pass is cool. Yeah, I think a lot of us were kind of hoping we would get a, a Wolfenstein update out of QuakeCon, mm-hmm. and we didn't. We we don't know what it's doing. They're saving that for a first party convention it, or it, game awards. Yeah, I can see that, but it's just it's kind of like a, you know, it's always it's always nice when when you're you know when you're when you're you know when you get picked to go to the prom you know like you you get picked out of the out of the people that you like the person that you wanted to pick you picks you so it's like QuakeCon is like the the place where you where you revere the fandom where you where you really kind of show out like quake 2 being back is fantastic but i think if i think if you wanted to really kind of honor the moment uh you know for the fans of of QuakeCon or, or just its software in general talk about Wolfenstein. Just bring it out. The time for that is not. I don't think it's going to happen in a world where Xbox now owns it. Now it's going to be at a <sighs> uh, an E three esque style event or a Gamescom. Probably not Games. Probably Spencer. Game Awards. It's a Keeley thing. Jeez. Yeah. Phil Spencer out here crushing dreams. I know. He's crushing dreams. Putting, putting muscles on Bethesda. Yep. 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 All right, so let's see. Uh, I think it's a smaller thing. I put it in our main document, but Avowed, uh, a recent documentary from Obsidian, showed that Avowed was originally pitched as a co-op title. Uh, I think that is funny because that's definitely a pre-Xbox acquisition thing to try and feel like people are going to pick it up. You know what I mean? Like, hey, no, it's it's a co-op title. Like, nudge, nudge. Uh, Will you support this? And that it's now a single-player event is pretty darn cool. I think that's dope. I, uh, I I am not going to be able to share too much information about this. <gasps> he knows things. So, but so you want me to move on? Uh, I don't have any more to say myself. So, yeah, it's, I can't really talk about it too right. much. Looking forward to avowed how it comes out in the state that it comes out, because uh, I think it'll be really cool. There you go. Excellent stuff. Um, Not really much to say about this other than uh, I was looking forward to Atlas Fallen, ended up not getting a code. Uh, for this one and yeah. seeing the reviews that came out largely around the seven range yeah. uh, told me that I can wait for sale on this one because my, my wallet is tight right double now. A. Um, yeah. And double A's up my alley, like right. Darksiders statue right there. And this game looks like Darksiders in a lot of ways. Wow. Um, Shade thrown to the developers of dark striders, dark siders, dark siders. Oh, dark siders is double A all day. hundred percent. <laughs> Hundred percent. They know I love what it. they are. Yeah, I love it, but let's not kid. Um, but my point is, for the game to come out in all sevens in an era in a, a window of time where we're we're set to get banger after banger uh, from the course of of late August through October, I'm I I don't have the money to to run that gauntlet, so I'm just waiting for a sale. I think for that one, um, I was yeah. definitely going to play it if we if we could have reviewed it, but given all the things that are going to have to happen for coverage. I was like, mm, no, um, but I'll say, you know, 7.5 on PlayStation uh, or PSU, IGN seven, push square seven, destructoid seven, press start six, game blog six, uh, Eurogamer 3.5 out of five. It, it's got a meta of 68, 67 open of 68. Cool. I'm definitely going to play this. I'm just going to wait for a bit. Can I say that say the, uh, the Metacritic and open critic is actually lower Oh, is it most of the well, no, in compared to 
the destroy all humans games. So that's apples and oranges. Man. What? It's apples and oranges, but we're we're looking at numbers, and that's all that matters to gamers. Numbers. numbers. Uh, the bigger the number, the better. No, so this is this is going to be one of those ones because this is coming out this month, right? In three months, it'll be September, October, November, which would be right about the time for like a fifteen percent, maybe twenty percent off. Yeah. deal for black friday so i i will probably keep an eye on this and yeah. see if that's something that you can get a, a smoking good deal on when that's the publisher's like yeah have a have a sale for black friday because i the, want to play atlas fallen yeah. i really do that's my kind of game not you enough know? for full price right not not in this crowded time had it been a month earlier mm-hmm. it would have been right it would be a really good december or january title yeah it would I mean, and I'm looking forward to it. I just decided I was going to hold off because of the crowding, right? Mm. I'll jump into Immortals of Avium if we get a review for that one. Unless that one's hitting nine, it's probably the same thing for me um, because there is oh, just so much. going to be the same. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> and again, those are my kind of games. Mindless, turn your brain off and go. Yeah. But do I want to spend all my money on that or do I want to save it for Alan Wake, Spider-Man? Uh, Starfield, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know what I mean? Like there are just other bigger games that I think I'm gonna yeah. wait and, and spend my money there for. So you know, you can always wait on those games too, Luke. Okay. No. <laughs> no. Alan Wake. I will not wait on Alan Wake. Uh, <laughs> Starfield, thankfully, is Game Pass. Spider-Man yeah. Two. I have that collector's edition. Yeah. That I snagged. Um. Gosh, we have a full Traitor. list. What else Traitor. is happening? Uh, Mortal Kombat. Probably going to end up with that one. Probably going to end up with that one. Uh, probably won't do Assassin's Creed. Definitely going to do Sonic Superstars. Definitely going to do Avatar. Can I yeah. just say, like, Sonic Superstars, I saw some video footage from that from uh, from from earlier this year. I think it was last month. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was from. I think it was from, I think it was it was from Twitch. It was Nintendo something or another, I think. Wasn't there? I thought, that, I thought there was one more recent. I think it was TwitchCon in yep. europe that i saw like video footage of it but it, it looked so good it looked yeah. like such reverence to the original games understanding yeah. mechanics that were brought in through you know some of the 3d titles and stuff it just looks like it's going to be really good i'll be very impressed if that game does not rate high i'm really excited i love sonic um i really do and i feel like sonic fans have, have gotten a lot of good experiences lately uh both in the movies the shows uh, yeah, and okay, yeah. in the game space, Sonic Origins Plus just released. That was a nice upgrade for our Origins. You had Sonic Frontiers, and then of course Sonic Mania is still out there. Um, you know, Sonic's a, a good franchise, so mm-hmm. you know, there we go. All right, uh, let's see. I feel like we've touched on a lot of what we wanted to touch on. Uh, did you want to talk about Overwatch? I don't really have an interest in this. Oh. One, you got it's it, go good to note uh because yeah the like a lot of us has kind of forgotten that a year ago uh, almost a year ago at this point uh, 10 months ago overwatch 2 released with very little fanfare being a free-to-play game with some pretty hefty prices for the battle pass as well as skins things like that not a whole lot of people really understood what was going on and then they announced that they were getting rid of a lot of the pve aspects to it but we're still going to bring some to it Mm -hmm. uh so uh, overwatch 2 invasion is now available um as i can understand it i haven't paid for it it is a 14 dollar dlc 
that contains the story missions as well as a, a couple uh, little bibs and bobs along with it. Um, additionally, there's a $40 invasion bundle, which has like legendary skins and, you know, battle pass tier jumps and stuff like that. Just much, you know, more value for, for the, for what you're buying for the, the actual content. But the main storylines are, are, are not the main storylines, but the story mission for this is uh, set up so you can team up with your friends um, and play through three action-packed missions uh, where you're going to face new enemies, a new complex or with complex adventures or objectives across Rio de Janeiro, Toronto and Gothenburg, which, if I'm not mistaken, is the content that I played back in 2019 when I was at the last BlizzCon. So it kind of makes me wonder how long this stuff has been sitting in the hopper. Uh, the the press release said, turn up the competition and set your sights to the new Flashpoint PvP mode with uh, two new maps and uh, two new massive maps. Um, and you can also take back control of London with Null Sector, or Null Sector in Underworld, uh, a limited time free-to-play co-op event that updates weekly. Uh, you can also receive uh, prestigious rewards for games played and your individual performance with the new player progression system they also took this time to announce a new support hero called iari and uh it's more of a mayan influence very beautiful uh, voice actress um from the sound of her and it's an influence kind of like the the mayans are like the children of the sun so all of their power for their their temples and their their civilization was all kind of solar powered and uh certain people could actually be like infused with this solar power it looks really cool the the video that they did for it was fantastic and um she was always kind of deemed as someone who's going to be a very special person so she trained and trained and trained when she finally got her chance to be kind of indoctrinated into or not indoctrinated uh, inducted into the the group of the the children of the sun uh after her procedure where everyone's kind of like it's it's almost like kind of watching someone getting baptized in catholic religion and uh jesus <laughs> yeah except well really jesus, took me on a journey here <laughs> jesus explodes into a ball of light and wipes out the entire civilization instead of uh you know dying for your sins and what have you so but uh she yeah <laughs> Okay. She has a, a dual action solar rifle and a healing pylon. Uh, she she's able to deal long range damage while offering support for her teammates. Uh, I think it's a fantastic new hero. It's it's right up my alley as far as like like finding a good balance between uh, between um, support and damage, kind of like Baptiste or uh, Anna. So very curious to see how they. How they how she falls into the meta uh given the last support that released which was extremely overpowered for a long time um and how this will kind of fall in with a lot of the teams that are currently competing in uh the overwatch league and just kind of go there but wanted to give an update blizzard fan uh for the most part so and i got friends working on it so i just wanted to uh to kind of shout out the content go look at the pretty skins make a make an honest choice about the $15 or $14 for the story missions. That was content that I saw back in 2019. There we go. That's what I got. It was a lot to follow, but I'm with you. Gotcha. <laughs> yes. gotcha. We went on a journey there. We did go on a journey. So there we go. <laughs> All right, let's get to some listener questions here before we wrap up. Uh, this one comes from Twitter user Jose Martinez. What's up, dude? He, by the way, Drew me a fantastic avatar that I'm going to start implementing into. Sweet. Uh, so yeah, it's beautiful. It's really good. So it'll start popping up here and there uh, over the next few weeks. 
So uh, he asks, do you think that Baldur's Gate 3 is poised to upset Starfield for game of the year? What's the over under that avatars will be able to be nude in Starfield asking for a friend? Uh, I do think Baldur's Gate is poised to upset a lot of games, including mm-hmm. Starfield for game of the year. Baldur's Gate has been turning heads. Um, <laughs> I saw a couple of outlets saying it's a PS3 or PS5 exclusive, but it's not out yet on PlayStation. And then the release date for Xbox is still pending, um, which I thought was was funny. People were getting excited there. But Baldur's Gate 3 seems to be uh, just really impressing a lot of people in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's poised to upset. And as far as being nude in Starfield, no, I don't think uh, Xbox wants that heat. And that, that'll be left to the mod community. Yeah. Um, I don't really Modders have an interest will- in that. Anyway, look, look, if you want your if you want your nude Chun Li, you're going to have to do it on your own time. All right. Keep that stuff out of Evo. Keep that stuff out of uh, that did happen at Evo. And I know (laughs) can't believe I know. God, goodness. Look that that. up on your own time, guys. What a dummy. There there are some videos I was watching that was like covering the news and they 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 did a good job of blurring out blurring blurring it for YouTube. So I was like, okay, oh, yeah, that's cool. But yeah, I first off, Jose Martinez, how dare you Uh-oh. for these metaphors, these these references to sports ball things over under on avatars being known. I don't know what that means. I don't comprehend percentiles and things like that. Didn't we have this debate like a we month did. ago or two? Yes. Ma- yeah, we don't, we don't know it. what that means. It's rude. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, thank you for writing in. But um, as far as Baldur's Gate is being poised to upset Starfield, no. I think the general populace and the games media and stuff, they're, they they know that this is going to be a big Xbox ex- exclusive. I think it's going to pop off um, when it goes live. People are going to start showing screenshots. The hype is going to show up for it. And I think that it is going to to kind of rule for the the amount of time that we get until probably alan wake i would imagine i think cyberpunk will hit for a while but probably not like nearly as big as starfield i think there's so much uh so much fandom involved with bethesda that Baldur's gate 3 is going to be a fantastic game to rule august but it's not going to upset starfield for game of the year i don't think much pushes starfield out of the conversation even mario which is weird but I think it's the people that are playing Mario are probably not in these communities as much, uh, yeah. like the content creation community on a whole, right? Uh, at least where I where I frequent. And Cyberpunk has been is going to be a longer tail, but right now it's going to be all or, or the rest of the year once it comes out will be all Starfield. That's my thought. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it deserves to be in the running for game of the year, uh, just because of of what Larian Studios has done with this, but. Okay, so you're talking nobody, about yeah. nobody cared about Baldur's Gate that that didn't know about Baldur's Gate before Baldur's Gate 3. Sure. You're right. You're right. Nobody was outside of that conversation thinking about Baldur's Gate. And then when they... Yeah, that's a good point. And I, uh, I had this conversation with, with Pong Soul and, and Fun Speculation. Mm. Uh, well, shout out to them. When you look at this year, Hi-Fi Rush, Resident Evil 4, Dead Space, Tears of the Kingdom, Street Fighter, Diablo, Hogwarts, Baldur's Gate 3, Jedi Survivor... And then you've still got Alan Wake, Mario, Starfield, Spider-Man 2. Like the conversation for game of the year is just just so fundamentally different than 2022 uh, that your list could be 10 games long and you'd have a legitimate contender. You yeah. know, 
Will this be one of the best years for gaming, though? I think it's the best year for gaming ever, Mm. ever. Like, undeniably, I think it's the best game or best year for games ever. Um, It's just just wild to me that you can start a year with a stealth drop like uh, Hi-Fi Rush. You can get a game like Age of Empires 2 and they're forgotten, not because they're bad, but because there's so much good goodness. You've got uh, the return of third-person horror games at their best with Resident Evil 4 and the Dead Space remake. Tears of the Kingdom is a successful sequel to one of the best games uh, made in Breath of the Wild. Street Fighter made its return. Mortal Kombat 1 is coming in with, with for all signs, and I've played it, all signs very strong there. Harry Potter fans got an incredible third-person action game. Diablo made its return to gaming. Baldur's Gate showcased what being in development for seven, eight years can do uh, when you're engaged with the community and have a steady early access. We got the best Star Wars game ever made in Jedi Survivor. You're set to have the successor to Elder Scrolls in Starfield arrive. You're going to have a sequel to uh, one of the best Spider-Man games ever made in Spider-Man 2. Mario is going to have a 2D, uh, the, the first 2D Mario game that is new from a new like style uh, this year. Sonic is getting uh, a callback to its origins in Sonic Superstars. Alan Wake is getting a sequel. Assassin's Creed Mirage goes back to uh, to its roots. Forza Motorsport makes its return to, to gamers' mindsets. You get an expansion to Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, it, it just... It is wild to me the quality of games that are happening here. And not to mention the double A level games this year. Solid, solid. So to me, this is the best year in gaming ever. Um, I just don't know how you match up anything else to it. Uh, And I would say that with respect to, I think it's 2007 and 2009, seven, seven and one other one. Um, Seven and nine, I think are the biggest yeah. So in 90, 96, I don't remember that one. Well huge. Enough. It was huge. Gotcha. <laughs> it was okay. absolutely huge for it. It was the year. I think 96 was the year that 3d games came into their own. Okay. On the N64. Yeah. So, but yeah. I still, I mean, this year just seems to me to be the, sorry, this, this year seems to be the best year of video game releases. So uh, if, if if anyone disagrees, I would love to, to read your comments and, and hear your discourse. Oh, don't worry. I wasn't listening on the list that you were doing. I was too busy making a change my mind meme for you for this week. So that's already in the discord. So there we folks, go. I folks like can it. address that. There we go. I'm in. Now I got to go look at it. Which <laughs> discord is it in? Oh, it's, it's, in, in it's in ours. It's just in memes. I love, love, love the meme <laughs> channel on our discord, by the way. It makes me very happy. <laughs> it makes me very happy. Yeah. All right, let's let's. We're, All right, next question. We're last question. Last, question. last question. Yeah, we are getting distracted, but I'm having fun. I missed you. All right, uh, this question comes from Todd Oxtra. He's a patron and wrote in over on Twitter. Are expectations for Hellblade two too high to be a huge hit? The first game was acclaimed, but still niche with a great story. So, uh, but so so gameplay. The previews have been visually stunning, but the gameplay and story have been a bit vague for newcomers. This is a fair question to ask. I don't think expectations are too high on Hellblade 2 because people have begun to temper because of the things you listed, Todd. Um, But it needs to be a visual stunner. 
and the gameplay better deliver. And I think that's probably why you haven't seen it. I would have thought we would have had the game by now. Truly. I would have thought we'd have the game by now uh, because it was showcased in 2019 with the debut of the series X. I would have thought we'd have the game by now, but we haven't. Um, yeah. And like, I'm wearing a, a Hellblade two themed Xbox shirt. Um, paid promotion, paid promotion. There you go. Um, Shill. <laughs> if it's a paid promotion, I could use some payment guys. <laughs> Where you at? <laughs> it's um, in the mail. <laughs> come on, Xbox, speed it up. Uh, but I don't think expectations are too high for it. They need to be high. Should be high. It's a first party title. Um, but I think that's probably why you haven't seen it yet. I think we'll 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 see the the thing is is like we we've seen some really cool stuff come from them uh earlier this year, especially like from CES and stuff. It's not their time to market, it's Starfield's time to market and then Force's time to market. Um right. so we'll see more of like what's going on with Hellblade 2 after we get over this hump you know we're climbing up the hill right now once we get to the top of the mountain we look down the other side we'll see what the rest of the landscape looks like and that's when we'll start to get a better idea of whether or not this is going to be too high of a hype for them to hit uh but they know how to tell a great story and and i i think that while it will be niche hi-fi rush is also niche but it's also a fantastic game and deserves the praise um same thing with forza motorsport niche but fantastic praise deserved for its genre uh i think that hellblade 2 will probably fall right into that group um where xbox you know they're not doing they're not doing the same game all on all over again you know phil has come out and said that they don't want to do this and i think hellblade 2 is one of the few times where you can actually look at what they've made and look at what they've shown and uh admit that they they are confident with what they're doing they wouldn't be showing this much if they weren't confident and i think that it's it's pretty good that we're actually getting an opportunity to uh see a little bit behind the scenes before the full marketing push because it, it does kind of present well um the story i think is just what really has to sell it and i think we'll get more of that when we actually get the uh when the actual like marketing bump goes for this after starfield yeah i agree I agree. Uh, let's see. Last question comes from Ellery. They say stumbled around uh, the trailer for Asteroid City and knew within 10 seconds it was a Wes Anderson film. Are there any developers where you can see a trailer or gameplay and know immediately who has made the game? I mean, if I knew who the developers were for any of the Nintendo games. Yeah, but they don't they don't tell you who actually makes those games um i'm i don't know that i have a good i feel like i can spot rocksteady usually yeah usually but that's kind of a that's, that's they made mostly batman games so that's a little bias in that mm -hmm. um i'm sure i have an answer for this but i'm hard-pressed to give one right now like i can't I mean, think of one you know I, I can i can nail a i can nail a blizzard game pretty pretty far off yeah based on based on the style that they do they do very very specific stylized looks for a lot of their stuff that's why i'm interested in their new mmo because it looks wildly different from the concept art than anything that blizzard has ever done mm -hmm. but i can spot a blizzard title i know what their orcs look like and stuff you can you can see the the ripoffs in in stuff like knockout city and whatnot like they get parodied a lot so blizzard for sure um other studios that uh, 
that have a style that you know i think um oh what's the studio is it i can't think of the studio name that does ori in the blind forest snow bright can't remember ori in the blind forest <laughs> i'm Ooh. blanking right now i'm just gonna right? look up is not that it? no it's not it it's i can't think of i'm just blanking I'm just, I'm looking at the freaking box. And Does it say on like the copyright thing? That's what I'm looking at. I don't see it. Oh, really? <laughs> they have no entity. That's what I'm embarrassed about. How do I not know? Someone's listening to this and dying inside right now. Probably. Because um, like, I usually know this one. Moon, is it Moon? Moon Studios? It's Moon. Probably. Yeah, it's Moon. Moon. Yeah. So I think uh, Moon Studios has crafted a look that I think a lot of other studios are going with for their 2D platformer um, that it, it has definitely like tripped me up when I've seen like a couple games come through and I'm like, oh yeah, that kind of looks like Ori. I bet that's the new game from Ori and it's it's not, it's something else, but they've got a look that a lot of people are hijacking. Yeah, that's fair. There you go. All right. Well, Logan, I think that's going to do it for us today. I can't say enough how glad I am that we got to have this time again because I missed you last week. Yeah. Um, had a good time at the beach. Enjoyed listening to you and CJ, but but I missed you uh, Aww, for sure. Me too, buddy. Uh, would you like to let people know where they can find you and what's coming to Keelhauled? Uh, yeah. So Keelhauled uh, content, I'm going to be talking about the the tabletop RPG. Uh, the art or the actual RPG of Sea of Thieves this week, as well as some listener questions. It's a pretty light news week as far as Sea of Thieves content goes, and uh, probably will be for a while until we start getting some more tall tales or events going on. But uh, always look out for that if you're a Sea of Thieves fan, want to know what's going on. I always try to keep up to date with that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CAPT underscore LOGON over on threads at CAPT underscore LOGON and in the Discord for the Xbox Expansion Pass for those patrons where we can sit around, hang out, chat, and share some just goof memes about Luke making wild, wild hot takes during episodes that get turned into awesome meme content. There you go. I'll take that. I'll take that. Uh <laughs> Remember, guys, you can support XEP over on Patreon at patreon.com slash the Xbox expansion pass. It means the world. Um, and I'll say one more time that if you support the trophy room and not XEP, that does make you communist. So please, you know, be careful with that one. Love Joe. Uh, <laughs> no, he's ugly. <laughs> no, love he says Kyle. I'm the best Kyle's host. <laughs> that all right uh you guys can find me on all your socials at insipid go support xcp uh and jo join us over on discord at your leisure have a fantastic rest of your week everyone take care ah.